Well, hello everyone. I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. We always love hearing from you. If you do have a suggestion for a topic or recommendation for a guest, shoot us an email at podcasts at hci.org. You all, I am so excited. I've got Pragya Gupta here from iSolved. She is the chief product officer there at iSolved, and she brought to me the greatest topic for me, because this is one of my passions too, all around people analytics and HR data. But before I uh, we dive into that, Pragya, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you. You know, what kind of drove you into this line of work? We'd love to hear a little bit more about you. Thank you very much, Cindy, for having me. So in my role at iSoft as a chief product officer, I lead the product and engineering group. I started at iSoft about nine months ago, and I've spent a good portion of my career building HR products and services in in various roles in technology. I started out as a software engineer many, many years ago and have had a variety of roles. I've been a business analyst, I've been a product manager, I've been an engineering manager, engineering director. So all of these roles um, and the variety there has shaped my experience and helps me lead a balanced perspective between product management, product strategy, and engineering, which is the actual delivery of the software. So that's my background a little bit getting to this role. Fascinating. I love your movement through your career. What creates that interest for you in HR data? I know that's going to be what we talk about today. What drives you to that topic? You know, HR is fascinating and uh, many people think of HR as, you know, processes and uh, doing the same thing over and over again. But For me, and I know many of my peers in our industry, we feel that HR is fascinating because, you know, for too long, HR data, it was kept in HR. Business leaders now are starting to realize the power of that people data to better understand workforce readiness, employee engagement, churn predictors, and other key metrics that help to gauge the health of the workforce, the readiness of the business. And all this together, back to what you were saying about analytics, all this together with a meaningful data drives the business, which is why I always find HR fascinating. And now marry that up with technology, the opportunities are boundless, which is what's exciting to me. And I know in this business, it's exciting to so many of us. Yeah. And what a great role and place and space for you to be able to bring this to the forefront. I mean, you all have so much interaction with other organizations and I know a trust, you know, a relationship and building trust with those other organizations. So certainly opportunities to kind of impart some wisdom um, is really a fascinating for you to bring us a gift, right? To bring the HR folks a gift as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there is a lot of excitement. A lot of people want to understand the magic, the secret sauce of HR. So happy to be here. I started my career in nonprofit and moved into for-profit world. And my first mentor slash boss and my leader in my first 
nonprofit space, Secret Sauce. That was one of her favorite. I, I, we would always tease. We're like, we should just, everything that she has should say secret. We love that. I love that phrase. I use it a lot in my classes too. You're right. That's what we're looking for. So on that though, so when we do think about metrics, what would you suggest or what do you see what metrics that HR teams or senior leaders should actually be interested in? What should they be paying attention to? Um, yeah, certainly. So, you know, as uh, people, just the, the broader term, people, and as we know, they are the face, the heart, the soul of any business. Take any business, it's driven by people. Now, what's very interesting is uh, we surveyed full-time employees in the U.S. this year. 49% said that they plan to explore their options, you know, maybe look outside their organizations within 2023. Now, you know, this very well could indicate that the great resignation, it's not over despite the economic uncertainty. And that's very interesting. And consequently, if you think about it, churn prediction becomes very critical. So metrics such as commuting distance, average last raise, average tenure time, and presented in a very simple way for leaders to digest, it can be a key indicator of whether or not your employees are going to be leaving you. And now when you start filtering that data by, say, top performers, and then HRT and senior leaders, they can work to retain the top talent that is critical to business readiness. Another metric you know, that becomes important is benchmarking data, such as salary, average performance increases. These are all critical to understand how a business is competing for talent in their industry, and in this day and age, this hyperfluid workforce. Yeah, thank you so much for, you know, I know there's a lot of quote unquote buzzwords and I don't even like to use the term buzzwords, but I think people get what I'm saying when I'm saying about the great resignation. It's a label for us right now. And I I so appreciate that you brought that up again with your statistics from the data, because you're right. I don't think we're through that, right? I don't think we're past that. So for HR teams and leaders to be paying attention to some of those predictive analytics and indicators and how do we use that to help retain, right? And kind of minimize that number a little bit for ourselves and our organizations. Yeah, thank you. And benchmarking, absolutely. Benchmarking for salary is so important. One of the things that we talk about in one of the HR classes or one of our certification classes is that as long as organizations are paying people what they're worth, right, their value. Now, that might be turned on its head a little bit right now, because I know people are trying to retain and compensation is certainly a benefit. But yeah, absolutely. We have to understand what our competitors are doing. I mean, that's going to be key for us. The other side of that, Pragya, what do you think we spend too much time on when we think of looking at metrics within an organization, any thoughts around that? You know, I I strongly feel that all data that is available at our disposal, it can be useful when it's analyzed correctly, but particularly when leaders can cross-reference that data. One data point by itself doesn't really tell a story. You know, you and I, before we started this conversation, we were talking about telling a story. So a single data point might not give a company's actionable information, but when you compare it to other data segments, then it can be very powerful. So for example, ethnic diversity or number of employees with say neurodiversity or physical disabilities, it might not be enough to understand a company's DEI profile, but 
cross-referencing that to people in leadership positions or salary against their peers or turnover rate against their peers. Now that is powerful. And additionally, you know, like average percentage for merit increases might not be enough to predict turnover, but being able to apply AI to test what would an additional, say, 5% do to reduce turnover for high performance? Now, that is rich information on which businesses can make decisions. So, so what I'm trying to say to your question, like, what do we spend too much time on? Sometimes we spend too much time on just looking at one data point. But, you know, like all data is critical. A single data point alone can never paint the whole picture. So that's what leaders need to understand. But then more importantly, leaders need to have the tools and have the rich information available at their disposal so they can create that story or better yet, the system can help them craft the story or the insights. Yeah, so much in that response there that stood out to me. I really appreciate a coming back to, as you said, before we even got started, we were talking about being able to tell that story and making it personable. You know, I appreciate the echoing, because we talk about this too at HCI of the echoing of it's not just that single point of data, but what does that look like when we look at leadership? What does that look like when we look at people who are separating from our organization? What does that look like when we look at top performers, right? And utilizing some of that, but yeah, it never paints the whole picture. And I think that what happens is our systems, right? Our systems become the hurdle, or the speed bump, right, to be able to bring more points together. Do you ever find that in folks that you're working with? Because I hear that all the time. And please do not get me wrong. I know reworking or revitalizing or rebuilding any of those types of HR systems, I know it's a lot of dollars. I know it is a lot of manpower or woman power. (laughs) Um, But does that create some of that tension from being able to get the whole story what have you in your experience do you hear that at all certainly you know like as an example you know like say one group females they are leaving the company in greater rates than their male counterparts now this could indicate that there is a need to do additional training in the organization but now if the hr leaders could cross filter that data with metrics such as promotions and salary and see if one group is being promoted or paid disproportionately, that's when they can uncover the reason for higher churn rate in that group. And the reason I say that is because we often look at the system and get that one data point and we hone into that and we think, that's it. This is the gospel. This is it. But it's not it. It has to be cross-referenced with other data to be able to really understand and you know or as we like to say like double click into what's truly going on and understand or mine insights from that piece of data yeah agreed agreed yeah and again i think i was just mentioning this on a recording we had just recently and i will say and i think you'll be happy about this but i will say in the 5 years that i've been teaching people analytics i definitely i hear And I see, right, as I'm in these five years, the advancement of skills of participants in my class. So I'm seeing and I'm hearing, right, how organizations are working to improve. And then, of course, we echo that as well at HCI. So, yeah, it's I'm so happy to hear that. that, Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And I say that to my classes all the time because I I do. I say that to them. I'm like, it's joyful to me 
the advancement of organizations leveraging that talent or hiring that talent, um, that people analytics or HR data is becoming more and more a priority in organizations. I know it makes me really happy to agreed. But we talked about, I wanted to come back to this because this is another area that I think has always been on the radar, but I think there's been a well-deserved prioritization or focus beyond just a checkbox. So what do you see as far as HR data and you had mentioned like DEI and B efforts, how can we use data to support those efforts? Again, it comes back to, first of all, like tracking data, right? Like what is the baseline? Every organization should look at, are we serious about DNIV and are we really serious about it, you know, with the action? So what does my profile or demographic profile of the organization look like? Then they need to establish some benchmarks, you know, in a particular industry or in a particular type of business, what are the benchmarks, you know, is this business even ripe for a lot of diversity? Because some businesses, it's hard to get that. But what is the benchmark? And how can you as a business improve that if it's not ripe for diversity? So organizations need to set up those benchmarks. And then back to what we were discussing earlier, figure out, are there any particular groups that are Uh, Maybe not even, there's not even a lot of incoming resumes from that demographic section. Or sometimes there are a lot of people, but they are leaving the company. Well, why are they leaving the company? Whether that's again back to females or any particular demographic group. Why is that? So first understand the data, then cross filter it with metrics, you know, promotions or salary or training, right? Are there any particular groups that are Leaving the organization, well, why are they leaving? They may be leaving because their performance ratings are group. Why are their performance ratings low? Because they are not getting enough training or they are being asked to take on roles, which there is not a lot of training available. And then this particular section or this particular demographic section is traditionally not had that kind of training. So how can we as an organization boost our efforts to do that? So it starts with data, starts with understanding the current status, then establishing benchmarks or you know where we want to go, our goals, and then tracking to those goals, measuring performance against those goals on a regular basis. It's not a one and done. Like you said, check the checkbox. I looked at it. I'm good or not. It is a continuous rigor that the leadership team and then the organization has to set up within their ranks. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I always think about you know, other departments, marketing, and I'm speaking very broadly here. I can't, you know, speak specific to organizations, but I'm just speaking with generalities. Oftentimes organizations in their customer service department or they're in their marketing department, we've been utilizing this type of data for decades, right? We've been doing everything that you're talking about. We're doing that so that we can boost our revenue oftentimes, right? Or close a gap or whatever it is. But now as what you're saying, you know, where are we now? What's our benchmark? What are our goals? What are we moving towards? What's our rigor towards that goal? Um, Yeah. I mean, that's the journey that needs to be in the priority of the leadership. And really it has to sit in that group of leadership to really place the prioritization or the importance on it. I feel like if it falls from there, I feel that organizations, it kind of gets kicked down the line. I agree. So here's something else that's interesting. So again, 
I love this because this also always comes up in our class when we teach it, but talking about ROI. And it's so funny because we share a very, very simple equation. And I know I'm getting into the tactical, a simple equation on how you can figure out a specific ROI. But I will say that is one area that in my class, I don't hear a lot of organizations that are using that in the people space. Now, they might be using that in other parts of the organization. So what from your experience, what you know, what should like HR or benefit or payroll professionals, what tools are available for them if they do want to start working towards understanding that ROI? Yeah, that's actually a great question and hits, you know, right at the heart of the issue where HR traditionally, it has been a very manual process. And and many of our customers, and I know they are, they're taking that next best step approach. And, you know, with this, it's not about really about like total transformation, but isolating an issue, improving it. This allows them to calculate the impact and impact could be like time saved, money saved. So for example, we have a customer, this one customer, and they own dozens of retirement communities throughout the country. Now they had given up on employee self-service with their previous vendor, whether that's the ability for employees to see their PTO balances, download their pay stubs, elect benefits and so on. And because it was such a cumbersome process due to their software, now when they switched to iSoft and employee self-service was consumer grade, they saved two to four hours per employee per month by empowering them to self-serve. Now imagine how powerful that is where employees, they are, one, they are self-serving. So, you know, employees feel much more empowered, right? You know, when I tell Alexa to do something or just order my own food, we're using Uber Eats, I just feel so empowered, right? But more importantly, the HR teams, like they were reaching out to someone to answer that question for them. Now they've freed up that person. That person can actually go do something more strategic, more meaningful, which will benefit the larger people organization. So it is that self-serve is such an important component. And, you know, we, we truly believe that in the power of growth for companies of every size, and part of that growth is meeting customers, or as we call them, people heroes, where they are and helping them to find their next best step. And again, it's not about total transformation, but finding that next best step, which can be measurable to show the impact of isolating and improving that challenge. So focus on that one thing, go solve it, and then go on to the next one. A lot of great information there. But what I keyed into is when you're saving two hours per person, I mean, that's huge. Right, right. right? I mean, you've got your initial investment, right, for perhaps the tool, right? You've got your initial investment. But over time, when you think about ROI, right, over time, that definitely is coming back to you probably a hundredfold eventually as you go down the line. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. What a huge savings that is. And time to do other things more strategic in the organization. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. One of the things I love about iSolve is your relationship with your people heroes. <laughs> and I know there's such synergy. That's our secret sauce. I know, I know. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. Um, and I know there's great synergy between your team of experts at iSolve and then working alongside each of your organizations, no matter the size. So I know you mentioned iSolve there, but when you think about emerging solutions, is there more coming? 
Um, is there something on the horizon for those same HR groups? Is there something more on the horizon that will be useful for us as we go forward? You know, you touched on something earlier, like what marketing expects in their marketing technology or, you know, like me as a product and engineering leader, I expect to understand that ROI, it's exactly what those with the HR benefits and payroll professionals should start expecting in their technology, right? So ROI-based dashboards are table stakes for so many departments, but they've not been for HR technology. So in the coming years, we will see a lot of those ROI dashboards come to HR technology to change reporting from manual to automated. Wow, that's going to be a huge shift then. That's going to be really helpful. To be honest, like we've been talking about this shift for some time now, but it takes so much, like such a good software system as a backbone to facilitate that. And that's what's needed. Yeah, absolutely. And I am remiss that I didn't echo this, but I'm kind of thinking about what you're saying now in the fact that, you know, we've been talking about it for a while and it's coming, but you need a solid system to be able to do this. But I also appreciate it along those same lines when you talk about your people heroes, your customers, you also meet them where they are, right? So if that's not where they are, then we have a map to get there, but we might not start there in the very beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. Well, you know, as soon as I heard this was the topic we were going to talk about, I was so excited about it. But for iSolved, I guess, from your point of view, what is the approach to helping those business leaders really understand, you know, that impact of these programs that we're talking about, i.e., you're talking about where, you know, we're finding our way from manual to self-serve. What would you say? What are helping our business leaders to kind of come to that understanding? And, you know, we just talked about like ROI dashboards. So at ISOL, we are developing our ROI dashboards as we speak, and they will enable HR leaders to understand how their business is doing. But more importantly, track those meaningful metrics on an ongoing basis. Again, you know, things should not be one and done. How do we keep looking at the data over and over again? See, did it make a 1% or, you know, how uh, they say, if you want something better, do 1% every day, make it better 1% every day. Similarly, on the same concept, you know, how do we make sure that they can track it on an ongoing basis and see the growth that's happening on an ongoing basis? Another thing, you know, that we are we're honing in a lot is accelerated decision-making for HR leaders, and we call it ISOLD Analytics Everywhere. So our HR practitioners, our leaders, they can make better, they can make faster, more informed decisions with deep, actionable insights on every aspect of their business, which will you know, not only save them time, but will also save them stress from measuring, managing, and motivating workforce. You know, that's real time, in context, all without interrupting that flow of work. You know, like I'm right there. I want to understand what's going on. I don't need to leave that function, you know, whether I'm hiring, whether I'm payroll, processing payroll, I'm in HR function. I don't want to leave that function. It's all in the flow of work. Another key roadmap item that launches in the next just couple of weeks is benchmark insights. I know you and I talk a lot about benchmarking, but benchmarking or learning from organization around us, it lends for a much better employee experience. So, you know, like with the release of this benchmarking insights, we will produce our own benchmarks around turnover, 
diversity, which enables HR teams to answer very granular questions. So imagine an HR recruiter or an HR leader being able to answer questions such as turnover rate for a female accountant living in Chicago who's been on board for, say, three years. What is that? And what is mine? Why is mine more than what's average? Being able to answer those type of questions is very powerful. And that's something that's, you know, coming at a theater near you as well. So what I'm hearing is the ROI dashboard, and correct me if I don't have that language right, and then the benchmark insights. Obviously, you have to build it out. You have to data in, right? Data in. But holy smokes. So I could literally have somebody requesting information and I would have easy access to that information at my fingertips. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Right. And is... imagine not having to go to Google for everything. Use oh, it's it, amazing. You know, right? It's amazing. Right in the flow of work. So that's yep. what's so well, powerful this about whole it. Year, this whole year, it's access and awareness. I feel like if I had to theme this year of oh, podcast that's so beautiful. <laughs> access and awareness. I mean, it's not even planned, but that's what we always keep talking about. So yeah, you're right. I don't know about you, but sometimes then I get into the Google and then I end up, maybe I'm looking at something other than what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe I'm buying something. I don't know, but you know what I mean? Yeah. To have it in yeah. place is wonderful. Yeah, and being able to benchmark it, you know, around relatable industries, right? Like comparable organizations in the industry doing that information is very powerful. It's huge. This is going to be a huge opportunity. This is going to be something that, like you said, and I'm echoing this because I think it's a really important point to make, is that you meet your customers where they are. However, if this is something that is part of their map or their journey, like what an awesome opportunity to help them get there. Certainly. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm so glad you all are doing that. That's great. Um, So here's my question. And I know we're talking the data side. I know we're talking some of the technology side. And so this is purely anecdotal. But... Yes, the dashboard, the benchmarking, these are wonderful tools. What do you sense or hear, or maybe it is even in, you know, reading research, but do you think business leaders need influencing over the adding of a tool like this? Like, is that something you think business leaders are pretty open to? Are we still kind of in the mid flow here where some business leaders like, eh, we don't need that yet. Like, do you get any feedback or comments on where you've sensed business leaders, like just in general, are with really investing more into the HR people analytics space? Now, this is something we've asked. Our, we have a very vibrant community of people heroes that we talked about. So, you know, we've asked our community of people heroes. And also we do roadshows around the country where we have business leaders, HR leaders, our people heroes who come to these roadshows. And we ask them, like, what KPIs they'd be interested in the most? And, you know, what would that change as we were talking about next best step? What would that look like to them? So they are interested in metrics such as Increasing employee retention, you know, there is tremendous cost savings that you can have by retaining employees, not having to hire, onboard, train, and not to mention the invaluable experience and knowledge that's lost when an employee leaves, or reducing payroll administration, labor costs, 
automating HR functions, accelerated onboarding, compliance flows, accelerated hiring. All of these are real issues that business leaders understand. You know, like I was speaking with a another fellow payroll leader in another company, and they were telling me they process payroll for companies and they were telling me how hard it is for them to hire people, right? Like we are in the business of payroll, we are in the business of people, and they were telling me how hard it is for them to hire and onboard people. It is a real problem. And this is, you know, this is a business leader who's like, my biggest fear is not having enough people to do the job. So business leaders are thinking about it. They need to have the tools. They need to be able to have easy access. You know, I loved what you said about access and awareness as the theme, because often, you know, we kind of sort of know the problem, but we don't exactly know if that's the problem. And if this is a problem, we can meaningfully tackle and impact. And having access to the data lends to the awareness of the problem. Look, I'm frugal and I am mindful of my spending in my own life. So let me just put that out there. That's awesome. Good for you. I know, but it sometimes gets a little obsessive. I have to probably dial back sometimes. But what I was going to say, I wanted to preface that. And so it makes sense, right, for business leaders to say, let's get more exact Mm -hmm. on what we need to spend our money on. We want to retain people. We want people to be engaged in our organization. We want people to have access to what they need. Like, we want to do all of that. It's worth our investment. 100%. I couldn't agree more because, you know, like there is at any point in time, a business has many issues going on, right? A supply chain business, a manufacturing business has enough issues going on, right? Now to be able to hone in, what problem is it that I should be actually focusing my dollars on? That's a million dollar question. And access to that data enables the answer to that question. It does. Oh my gosh. Well, this is awesome. I have one last question and I know I've brought up And then you brought it up in conversation, too, about other departments and organizations that, you know, perhaps for years have already been utilizing data to make decisions. But what do you think, as we finish up here, if we were to, you know, kind of borrow from other departments in organizations about data, what do you think that our HR teams could learn from them? As I told you earlier, I run product and engineering, so we are a very data-driven organization. So I would tell anyone, measure everything, you know, keep monthly reporting dashboards, show your work, show your results. So in product, we often build roadmaps, right? So build a roadmap for key improvements. So what is your next best step? So first and foremost, what is your biggest challenge? What is costing you the most money? And What is on paper that doesn't need to be, right? What can be digitized? If something can be digitized, it should be digitized. And what could put the business at risk if it is not improved? Answer all these questions. These would be the next best step. And that is what HR leaders, HR practitioners can focus on and become a better organization. Remember that like 1%, one good decision, one next step every day. That's what they should be prioritizing. Well, and if you hadn't brought that up again, I was going to bring that up again, because I think that is a very philosophical and a real way to think about it, right? I think we can do 1% better, right? We can do 1%. And then philosophically, I'm going to do 1% better today, you know? Um, So I think that's just such a great way to think about it. What's our best next step? I really love that you said that, Pranya. Great. Great way for us to finish up here. As you know, 
I know you're passionate about it. I'm passionate about it. So this was such a super conversation. I'm so happy you were able to spend some time with us today. I absolutely enjoyed the conversation, Cindy. It was fun, fun chatting with you. And I'm so glad we were able to talk about a subject that clearly we both are passionate about. So thank you for having me. Well, gosh, we were so delighted, everyone, to have Pragya Gupta here, Chief Product Officer at ISOL. What a lovely conversation. And as we finish up here, um, just a quick reminder, if you do have a suggestion for a topic or a guest, shoot us an email at podcasts at hci.org. We'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover our program. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in. Make it a great day, everyone.